Hello, my name is Pete Edgerton from Your Harrogate Radio and in this mini-series of podcasts we focus on the Harrogate Hand Clinic and learn more about Edward Powell-Smith, a consultant hand and wrist surgeon based at Harrogate District Hospital and Ed also works at the Circle Hospital in Harrogate too. Now in episode two we're going to be introducing you to Emma Leather, a physiotherapist by background which has led to an interest in both wrist and hand physio. Emma works privately in Harrogate and at Ed Hospital and collectively her and Ed have known each other for 11 years and the focus in episode 2 is on arthritis of both the hands and the wrist. So without further ado, here's Edward Powell-Smith. So really my job is, is entirely pointless unless we've got the ability to rehab patients afterwards. And so you can do as much surgery as you like, but unless you get people going in the right way afterwards, you're really not going to get the outcomes that you want. So it's all about motivating your patients uh, in order to make sure that they're going to work hard and then using Emma's skills to make sure that we splint where we need it but also get moving in the right way so that you get the best possible outcome. And in this particular episode, we're focusing on arthritis. Am I right in saying that there is still a stigma attached to arthritis in that people assume that it's a condition that you get when you're old? I think that's absolutely right, but it's it's really probably quite poorly understood. So there are two distinct types of arthritis. There's the inflammatory arthritis, which you might go and see a rheumatologist for, and the treatment is more systemic. So you might have tablets or injections and that can help calm everything down and surgery may become or have a role to play later on but probably the majority of what we see is is osteoarthritis which people tend to refer to as the wear and tear pattern which isn't strictly true but it's more a sort of slow wearing away of the cartilage within the joints which becomes increasingly painful. And at what point are we? How bad is and how common are arthritic problems within hands and wrists and fingers i say they're pretty common really i mean we use our hands as we discussed last time for for everything we do which makes them vulnerable to injuries and knocks and that can lead to developing arthritis in the future but also particularly in your thumb bases you've got a really interesting joint in your thumb base so it's unique to anything else in that the the way the joint is shaped it's a it's a double saddle in order to give you a really broad range of motion of your thumb but that means it's vulnerable to wear in certain places i guarantee now that you're looking at your thumb like i am watching this <laughs> oh yeah he's right absolutely, absolutely depending on what you do as a as a career so for example my dad was a builder for, for many many years left school 15 16 got his apprenticeship went into building he now struggles with um certain problems with his fingers does that play a factor there probably is a role that we don't fully understand but i think the main part of it from my understanding of it is, is actually how your cartilage was made in the first place uh, and it's where you have the cartilage that lines the joint it's kept hydrated with water molecules behind it and as the cartilage starts to break down those water molecules can leak out and as that happens it can all then delaminate and start to come away so i think the element of strong physical work means you're more vulnerable to little injuries that can accelerate that process but it can also happen to people who've done relatively light jobs and I mean, this time of year as well, am I right in saying that the cold and damp weather 
it's not great. Yeah, and again, we don't know what drives that, but definitely people with significant arthritis can always tell you when the weather's going to change, that cold, damp weather that comes in. So keeping hands warm, using gloves, keeping them mobile are the real key, particularly when you've got weather like this. So what are the other preventative measures that you guys advise upon, Emma, that, that people can take to make the situation better when it comes to arthritis? Well, they can protect their joints. So there's elements of splinting that they can do, especially for the thumb, to protect the joint if it is a little bit little bit arthritic. They can practice joint protection techniques, so they're not putting as much load through the small joints of the hand. For example, if you want to lift a book, you don't lift it by pinching it, you lift it by using your forearm or the whole weight of, of your wrist, and that can be quite helpful. Are we bad at doing that, generally and inherently, that we're we're not using our our joints and lifting things correctly yeah because it's often quite it's quicker to do that to do it in a a different way especially pinching so pinching puts a lot of load down through the base of the thumb which we know is probably the most common arthritis in the hand yeah it absolutely is yeah so it's sort of preventive measures when you have arthritis to stop putting increased load on the joint and with regards to other preventative measures and let's say exercising your joints and keeping them mobile, what's the advice that you guys give? So it also depends on the severity of the arthritis. And people say, I've got arthritis, there's nothing I can do, I shouldn't move my joints anymore. But that's not necessarily true. So as a physiotherapist, we would assess what kind of movements they don't have, what things we can do to make that better. And there's also certain muscles around your thumb that we know do help in thumb-based arthritis. So we can do quite specific strengthening exercises to help support that joint that we know is arthritic and help you move it better and stabilise it better. Because obviously when you mention splint, mm. straight away your mind goes, oh, if I, if I have a splint on my, you know, on my thumb or on my finger, it's really, really restrictive. Mm-hmm. Does it often mean that you need to keep that splint there forever and a day or is it just a short-term measure to aid that bit of healing? Well, we know that arthritis won't ever heal, so it's kind of managing that arthritis. There's lots of splints on the internet for your thumb. So if somebody Googled thumb splint, there would be 100 splints that come up. We try and make the splint so it's custom for that particular person and what they need to do with their thumb. For example, if they want to play golf, and it's a bit sore when they're playing golf, we would find a splint for them that way they could use under their golf club to use while they're just playing golf. If somebody had pain all of the time and it was really sore, really severe arthritis, we might custom make them a splint out of thermoplastic and mould it to their hand to give their thumb support when they're doing their functional activities. Is it like everything else? Is the technology yeah. just improving yeah. all the time? Yeah. And there's some really cool techniques coming yeah, through. It's not just a case of you've got thumb arthritis, wear this splint and you'll be okay. It's it's much more of a custom approach to why you might need the splint, what kind of splint you might use, how much of your thumb we need to immobilise, because it might be we need just to immobilise the bottom or we might need to immobilise the whole thumb. So it's really dependent on the individual patient. You talk about, obviously, Ed, the, the inflammation that's within the body that can exacerbate such things as arthritis. Do you guys go down the route of steering clients towards uh, nutritional advice and, and things like that or not? So in terms of the inflammatory process that you have going around arthritis, so we know that in a lot of early arthritis or a lot of early osteoarthritis, the pain is driven by inflammation around the capsule. And so 
not so much dietary advice with that, but if you're going to take painkillers, the anti-inflammatory painkillers, if you're able to take them, so things like ibuprofen are often the best ones to take. But also in that early stage when pain is being driven by inflammation, that's where injections into joints can be really, really beneficial and actually provide many, many months worth of pain relief as well. And again, those are things that we can do in the clinic for suitable patients that can then see them through the winter season uh, and allow them to be able to get on with doing all those things that they want to be doing. Are there key signs when you both see people and see patients? Do you kind of advise them on the the first little signs that, that you get is is there a pattern or is again is it is it very different depending on the individual so i think it's, it is really dependent on the individual the main sign for any form of arthritis that requires treatment is pain so it's pain that stops you from doing the things that you want to be doing or we describe it as you're able to do them but you then pay for it afterwards so you can do your daily activities but then in the evening you get this deep-seated toothache that just it gets you down and if that's starting to happen you're starting to notice your hands because they're painful and not functioning in the way that you'd hope that they would then that's the time to start to think about okay what are my treatment options let's say you get arthritis you, you start to show signs of getting arthritis in your thumb or your hand and, and wrist are you then susceptible to get it in joints elsewhere in the body or, or not necessarily? No, not, not necessarily. So, as I said, there are some individuals who are unfortunately more prone to it than others and they're more likely to have it more widespread. But we also meet individuals who might just have one single problematic joint in their hand. You know, it might be the... Maybe they did it when they were younger. Yeah, playing rugby or something. And Absolutely. So yeah, it's it's these little knocks and scrapes that you have over time that can then influence what happens later in life. You enjoy playing netball, yeah. Emma. You want by a netball as uh, as well. Local team. Yeah, in the Harrogate district. Yeah, a team called Hawks. Very good. You yeah. doing well? Variable. <laughs> we're, all, we're all getting a little bit old. <laughs> we have to play with the the young ones. Yeah. How damaging can sports like netball be? for your, your your joints when, yeah, when, they, when it comes to arthritis i mean in any ball sports can be a problem for your joint so commonly in netball you may have a dislocation to one of your middle finger joints if the ball hits it and it goes back too much and potentially later on down the line that could lead to arthritis in the joint so it is very much like we're seeing all these warnings for example in football yeah. when, when players are heading the ball that they're realising there is a, a pattern to potential trouble further down the road. The same applies. I guess it's about seeking the optimal treatment at the time when you have that injury as well and not just thinking it'll be okay. Again, there's such things like supportive finger gloves and stuff like that that you're allowed to wear in the, in those sports to, to protect your fingers. You are. Does, does that yeah. help at all? Or? I think whatever you wear, if you're going to get an injury, you'll get an injury. And sometimes if you protect one part of your body from that injury another part of your body will potentially get injured. And then something that I didn't realise until you two came in today, that we all talk about hip replacements or knee replacement, but you can actually do finger joint replacements, Ed? Absolutely, yes. How, how common are they? Um, they're fairly common, actually. So again, for, for painful arthritis, so when you've exhausted your other treatment options, the next option is, is surgery and effectively you can either fuse a joint so you can stiffen it which makes it pain free or you can replace the joint and with the joint replacements the range of motion you get is a little bit less predictable than it is with a hip or a knee 
but they're an excellent operation at getting rid of the pain and maintaining the function in most people. And we can do it for all of the joints on, on your hand. So we can do it for the little tiny knuckle joints at the tip of your finger, which the operation for that is just done under a local anaesthetic. So we literally just numb someone's finger uh, in order to be able to do it and get them moving again straight away afterwards. The, the, the key is, so it's setting the patient up properly. So, and it, it is hard work afterwards in order to get the right result. And that's again where Emma comes in uh, with immediate rehab. But by putting in the hard work, the results are generally really, really good. And we've got patients who are still playing the violin, guitar, gardening, sports, with finger joint replacements in, who probably wouldn't have been able to continue to do that without the surgery. How delicate do you have to be in that situation, Emma, when Ed's done his magic and, and replaced the finger joint and then you obviously take over with the rehabilitation and the, the physio side of it? Again, I suppose it depends on the, on the case and the severity. Yeah, well... The key is people need to get moving quickly and they always say to me, oh, I can't move that straight away. So actually we're not that careful with it. We actually encourage movement, 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 really. Like if anybody had a knee replacement or a hip replacement, you know, they're out of bed straight away. And it's the same thing with your hand. We move it straight away and then protect it in a splint when they're not doing the exercises as well. So it's a balance between exercise and protection. But essentially we get going. And I suppose like with any physio as well, you expect that patient to continue that yeah. movement and those mm. exercises Absolutely. at home too. Yeah. yeah, and we're quite clear that they need to do these exercises. And in fact, there's uh, on the Harrogate Hand Clinic website, there's one of our patients who's done his patient journey on there for us, which gives a really good insight into what that recovery process is like to go through. And he talks about it very candidly in that, yes, it was hard graft. And yes, it took slightly longer than it slightly longer than anticipated. And it was sore, but his outcome was brilliant. The point is that there are options available and those options can be widespread and they're based on the person that you see in front of you. But if you're getting pain and that pain is stopping the enjoyment of the things that you like to do or preventing you from doing them, then there are solutions available. And that might be an injection, it might be a splint, it might be an operation. And the operations that we do are, are very much the last resort but they can be fantastic at helping get rid of pain in the long term. And then the third episode, Ed, what can we look forward to? What are we going to focus on next? So next time we're looking at trauma. So injuries to your hands and wrists and why it's so important to get these looked at early rather than just thinking, oh, it's only my finger, it'll get better. So if you're a netball player like Emma, for example, mm. you know all about it, I would imagine, first hand. Yeah, although I've never had a finger injury. Have you? No. Oh, you've done well. You've done well. <laughs> Knee injuries, but no fingers. Right, yeah. okay. Well, thank you very much, and we will see you in episode number three.